Hello, travelers. I'm Angelica. I'm Isabella. I'm Riley. And this is True Crime International. All right, guys. Uh, I don't know how to start this. Um, we have some business. We have some business to attend to before we start this case. Um, it's fun business. Yeah, it's fun business. It's good yeah. business. Do you want to do the pitch? Okay. Or do you yeah. want one of us yeah. to do yeah, it? Yeah, I got this. Sorry, okay. I don't know. It just okay. Um, so we are going to do a holiday giveaway. Um, and we're gonna post about it to our Instagram. And the giveaway is one month of Patreon access for free to 10 people who like the post, tag a friend and make sure that they are following, and then share it to your story. And with with the one month free, you're actually getting like two months free because there will already be content posted on there. Yes. So you get lots of extra content for free if you win. And 10 people win. Yeah, for an entire month. And 10 people win. So you've got a pretty good chance we'll announce the winners um about mid-december on the 11th that's not mid-december that's early december <laughs> early mid-december so that is- anyways <laughs> on the 11th is when we're gonna announce the winners <laughs> well so that was sure a, go- that was very awkward <laughs> <laughs> make sure you go over there we'll have the post posted by the time this episode goes up probably the same exact day Definitely and... the same exact day. Otherwise, why are we advertising yeah. on this episode? <laughs> also, um, maybe some of you don't follow our Instagram already, and it'll be a nice chance for you to see the pictures that we post from each episode and different fun stuff we post as well. And we really our, like memes. Yes. Our Instagram post a lot of memes. is at truecrimeintl, so you can find it there. That's where you can find the post. And the instructions will be there as well in case you forget or in case we said it very, very confusing because that's possible. Also, bear in mind that we don't get a ton of likes on our posts. So the fact that we're giving this away to 10 people means that you have a really good shot of getting people <laughs> yeah, free on access for likes, a month. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good shot. About a 50-50 chance. Yes. <laughs> it's honestly probably more than that. <laughs> But anyways, so Angelica, where are you taking us today? I'm sorry. I have to. (laughs) Jelly's in a mood today. (laughs) It's the storm. It's got me feeling. Rough start. Rough start. Some sort of way. Okay. So today we're going to Romania, where I'm going to tell you a devastating and very recent story that happened a little over a year ago in July of 2019. And demonstrated just the horrible misconduct of police force. Like, you'll you'll see what I mean, but it's honestly astounding. The case I'm going to tell you about is the kidnapping of Alexandra Machishano. Now, I don't know a lot about Alexandra's personal life. But considering how involved her family was after her disappearance, I think it's safe to assume that she had a family that loved her 
And from what we learn later on, we know that she is just a really strong and resilient young woman. At the time she went missing, she was just 15 years old. So she was very young. On July 24th, Alexandra was hitchhiking from Dobroslaveni, where she lived, to Karakal. And both of these cities are in Olt County, and Karakal is one of its biggest cities. Also, to give you an idea, the distance between the two places is only nine minutes. Like, it's a very short distance. Also, hitchhiking is super common in Romania. Some drivers expect payment, and some will, like, drive you without payment because they're just being friendly. Um, did they not learn? Did they not learn from America in the 70s that you shouldn't <laughs> hitchhike? Yeah, I, I don't know. I would never personally hitchhike, but um, if it's super common in a place, especially because, like, Romania is generally pretty safe. Um, and I'm assuming that Alexandra probably did this before, like, often, and she probably felt safe doing it. And also, she probably was like, what can happen in nine minutes? Like, the two places yeah. are so close. Funny story yeah. before we get into tragedy. Um, oh I God. was telling my boyfriend <laughs> uh, a while ago, uh, pretty much, like, when we were still, like, kind of first dating, that I really wanted to go backpacking in Southeast Asia um, it's one of my dreams, and I am COVID permitting going to do it next year. Um, but at that time, he didn't he didn't quite get it. He was like, "Why would you go backpacking? That's so dangerous. Why would you do that? That's that's ridiculous. I would never do that." And I was like, "What? Backpacking is not dangerous. You <laughs> no. just travel from place to place, and you don't bring very much stuff with you. Like it's a lot of people do it. It's not a big deal." He's like, "It is such an unnecessary risk. I really don't understand why you would do it." And I was like. Do you think I'm talking about hitchhiking? Because that is very different. <laughs> and he, that's, he thought I was talking about hitchhiking. He didn't. He didn't know the word for hitchhiking, and so he just like put backpacking in that category because English isn't his first language. And even though he speaks it ridiculously well, there are still things that get confusing because it's a confusing language. Yeah, I sure. get confused. But it was really funny. He thought I was going to hitchhike my way around Southeast Asia. I'm like, God, I'm not. I'm not a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in the United States. I am very fearful of hitchhiking. Yes. And it it's like illegal here, right? Like, I feel, right? I don't think it's illegal. I, I think, think it's it is. illegal. Because you can get, like, picked up for hitchhiking. Like, by the police. Because I know, like, we have we have very few hitchhikers where we live. And I definitely have heard at least of one guy who, who got picked up by the Longs Farm. I mean, I don't know. It's probably a state issue. Yeah. I doubt yeah, there's any, any national laws on it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it just because um, the U.S. has a history with hitchhiking. But uh, yeah. yeah, I've never heard of any laws. But then again, do I ever hear of any law ever? No. How did people survive the 70s and 80s here? I really don't understand. I don't know. Drugs. <laughs> a lot of people didn't. Let's just put that way. But yeah, so uh, obviously as Americans, we we have a very different experience with hitchhiking than in other places, I feel like, for sure. Or in other time periods. Um, but with this case, unfortunately, the man that picked her up was just an evil fucking scumbag. He kidnapped her and brought her to his home. He blindfolded her and locked her in a room. 
And most of what we know is actually from Alexandra herself, because she told the police. During the time she was kidnapped, she made three phone calls to 112, which is basically the equivalent of 911. It is their 911 yeah. service emergency yes. line. Um, and these phone calls barely had any time in between them. She was desperate for help, and she was just pleading for someone to come and save her. Her family released these calls to the public, a choice made by her parents, and they were posted on her uncle's Facebook page, who said that they revealed, quote, the rottenness of a murderous system and the courage of this incredible child. These calls take place on the morning of the 25th, and some parts I'm going to explain, and then other parts I'm going to have Riley read with me as the operator while I will read Alexandra's part. Um, and I want to make it clear, we're not going to, like, act this out. We're just going to translate them to English for you. But if you... We're just going to read. Like, I'm, I'm the operator, Angelica's Alexandra, so that it's easier to follow. Yeah. And um, the call is available on YouTube if you do want to listen to it. It's definitely hard to listen to because, of course, there's a lot more emotions than we're going to portray. Um and it also has the subtitles on there. Alexandra's first call happened at 11.05, and this is how it went. Hello, what is the emergency? Hello? Hello, I want to talk to the police. What happened, madam? What is your name? I am a miss. I'm 15 years old. I was kidnapped by a man yesterday. What is your name? Machishano, Alexandra, please, come quickly. I don't know where I am. What do you mean you don't know where you are? What locality? In Dobro, uh, in Caracol. He took me in Caracol, but I don't know exactly where. Well, give me a milestone where you are in Caracol. How do you think we can find you? Hello? Yes, wait, please don't leave. Were you raped? Yes, I was raped. Yes, stay on the phone, but try to give me a milestone to know exactly how to find you. He came, he came, he came. Come quickly, please. At this point, the call is disconnected, and the operator has a discussion with another operator. And he says, Well, where shall we come in Caracol, man? What the hell shall I do? She's in Caracol. He raped her and took her in Caracol, but she doesn't know where. And then the operator connects to the police to inform them of what's going on, where their colleague tries to find out where she is. Also, I'd like to note that this whole time, it is emphasized that the operator is speaking with an ironic tone, which means he's not taking her seriously. He's speaking in a sarcastic manner, and it shows. Her second call is at 11.06 and is between the second operator and Alexandra and eventually the police. Hello, 112, what is the emergency? Hello? It's me again. Where are you in Caracol? I was blindfolded. When I could see something for the first time, I was near a dam. The man is called Popescu Lucian Gabriel. Near a dam, Popescu Lucian. Well, and where are you now? Can you see? I cannot see. I am locked in a room. All I can see is a gate. Try and see. And how do you know this man? 
tell me. So yesterday I was hitchhiking to go to the town, and he took me with his car. He locked the car and told me he would take me where I needed to go. You were hitchhiking? The license number. Do you remember it? No. What car? What color? The car was gray and the front was flat. The front was flat? Yes. Is that all you remember and now you're locked up? Did you pass by the dam? Yes, I saw the dam when I looked for the first time, but now I don't know. I think I'm in bold or something. I don't know. Okay, do you have your phone with you, don't you? Yes, but he's got it. I'm calling from another number now. It doesn't matter. Where do you have this number from? What number? This one where you are calling now. Where do you have it from? It's his phone. I found it here. His phone? Yes. It's his phone. Good. Yes, madam. Please send someone. I am scared. There now. Hold on. I believe you. Stay on the phone if you can. I'm scared. I'm scared. I just want to take a minute to address how brave Alexandra is. Like, she got a hold of this man's phone and then did everything she could to get help. At this point, at 11.07, the police take over the phone call after the operator informs them that she passed by a dam and that she is using the kidnapper's phone. So that is who Riley will be reading for now. Please come quickly. Where shall we come? Tell us. What? Where? Where? I don't know exactly. I passed by the dam. I think I'm in bold now. It can't be anywhere else. Where? Where are you? In bold. In bold? Uh, in Old County? Yes. Look, hold on. I found an address. 9 Antonius Carcala Boulevard, DA. You stay there. Stay there. 9 Antonius Carcala Boulevard. Is that right? Come quickly. I am scared. Please, please. At this point, the operator is looking into the address, which is a block of flats, and Alexandra tells them that she is in a house. She continues to beg them to come, and the operator can be heard making a joke in the background when the police tells her to stay where she is. He says sarcastically something along the lines of, she's trapped, she can't leave. The conversation continues. I stay here because I cannot get out. Please, come. Are you with somebody? Are you alone? How did you get there? No, I am alone. I am alone. Please. I got it. You are alone. Stay there. I'm scared. In the background, a policeman can be heard on the radio. Hello. Car. 9 Antonius Carcala. A girl beaten and raped is there. Yes? Please come quickly. I'm scared. Miss, hang up the phone. You will be contacted. The police is coming. Yes? Please come quickly. Yeah, right, right. Mister, mister, there is a big car outside. Okay, stay exactly there at number nine. The police officer is straight up acting like Alexandra is being a nuisance. They are speaking to her rudely, and despite the fact that she is already scared, they start to speak angrily at her. Alexandra's final call is at 11.12 p.m., so I'm guessing they disconnected from the previous call. This call begins with the first operator she spoke to. Hello, 112, what's the emergency? Ma'am, did you send anyone? I think he is coming back, and I'm scared. He will beat me. Yes, have you talked to the police? Yes? Yes, with you. 
What did the police say? They told me they will send a squad, but please come quickly. The operator then connects with a different police officer. Yes, miss, tell me. Please, did you send anyone here? We did. Stay there. They can't fly there in two minutes, young lady. Stay there, okay? Come, please. I am scared. Well, who are you scared of? Hello? Of him. He beat me. Who was him? His name is Popescu Lucian Gabriel. Popescu Lucian. Where is he living? I said bold. Nine Antonius Carcala. This Popescu Lucian is living there? I don't know. I found this business card. I thought maybe it's his card. Well, is it not his business card? I don't know. Ah, uh, you don't know that either. Okay, stay there. A squad will arrive in two to three minutes. Hold on. Please stay on the phone with me. I am scared. Please? Miss, I cannot stay on the phone with you. We have other calls, too. Stay there for a police crew will come. It will definitely come in two to three minutes. What the hell? Okay. Yes? Calm down a little bit, will you? I'm scared. Try and calm down. Well, will you? Calm down and the police will come. They are on their way. Okay. Please? Clear the phone line. If we are talking on the phone, the crew will not be able to talk to you. Okay. Okay. Yes. I realize that's a lot to take in, but I wanted to share it because her family put it out there for a reason, and that reason was that the police handled this in a disgusting manner. This should never happen. Just ever. Police just reminded this reminded me of the movie. I think it's called The Call. You know, the one with, um, what's Is that? Halle Berry? Yes, Halle Berry. Oh. And she's a 911 operator, and the girl calls her, like, while she's being kidnapped. That's what this reminds me of, but the complete opposite yeah. situation. It actually, it really reminds me of, there's a case in the U.S. that this happened, um, where a 911 operator, I forget the case now, but I'll have to look it up. But it was where a 911 operator, like, wasn't taking something seriously. And then because of it, like, there was a house fire that killed multiple people. Yeah, there was another one recently. There were some flash floods in Texas, I think. Mm -hmm. I think one of the southern states. And this woman was trapped in her car and the water was rising. And so she called 911. And the operator did not take her seriously and was yelling at her and being horrible. Um, and the woman died. Yeah, that's awful. And and it's it's even it's even more awful because that woman, the operator, was on. It was like her last day or last week of work, so she just didn't care. That wow. When you're a police officer, or not officer, operator. I mean, either way, yeah. you can't just not care that's your job oh you have to be like you have to be trained to react properly and to display yeah. empathy like that's not really a choice it not even it's not really that's definitely that's why, not a choice and that's why i mean i don't know if this is real but in that movie the call they had like a calm down room that you could go to if you had a stressful call and that's why that's important because you need to be like on your game and you need to be ready for every call that you have so if you need to calm down that's fine but then come back with the same attitude to help people. Like you're a 911 operator to help people. Yes. Not not to tell them that the problem that they're having isn't a big enough problem. Yeah. And 
during the last call in this case, especially the police and operators, they were just rude to her. They didn't take her seriously. And because of all of this, they didn't save her life despite her desperate attempts to get help. Just to put it like, just to put it out there, Alexandra did more than the police in this case. Like, she did more for herself than they yeah. did. She was aware of her surroundings. She stole a phone and she got her hands on that business card. Unfortunately for her, it didn't belong to her captor. And despite being scared out of her mind, she still tried to get her hands on anything that could possibly help her. She was strong. Yeah. Like the card that to be in that to be in that situation and still like be in a place of mind where you can think to do all of those things is incredible. Exactly. And like there's pictures of a place that she was staying in of this man's home and I'll talk about him. But it's like ranchacked. It's in no state where like any it's a mess, essentially. And she still like made every effort to try to get out of the situation. I can't imagine doing that. Like she's so incredibly strong. The police identified where Alexandra was at 2 a.m. And then despite the fact that they did not legally have to have one, they decided to wait four more hours to be granted a search warrant. In total, they waited 19 hours to do anything. Why did they think, why did they want a search warrant? I have no idea. And they did not need one. Like, why? Why bother to wait? Like, it literally just pisses me off. Like, I especially when you tell her that you're gonna be there in two to three minutes and she right? dies with this with this hopefulness that someone's gonna be there, like, oh my god, it honestly breaks my heart. Yeah, and they had the audacity to like yell at her and be like, Oh, we're on our way. And like clearly they like they did clearly not they actually not. put an effort. They did go to the man's house with the business card. Um but it like it ended up not being that man the the her captor just had his business mm-hmm. card um but still even if it wasn't that place like you still have to do something you still and right away you're like you should not wait ultimately where they were led was to the house of Georgi Georgi the different ways Georgi George that George like George is so many different like all the varieties of the name George is really is really funny and fascinating yeah me me too George and Jeffrey yeah and uh Joseph is a huge one yes John (laughs) but so the house that they were led (laughs) the house that they were led where they were led was the house of Yorgi Dinka who was a 65-year-old mechanic who lived in Karakul. Dinka was arrested, and he eventually confessed to the murder of Alexandra, as well as an 18-year-old who had been missing since April named Louisa. Oh, my God. Yeah. They later found remains in the form of teeth, and then they also found some jewelry, a couple sources said, and confirmed that both girls were indeed dead. I'm going to come back to this because there's some things about this that don't necessarily add up. Because of what happened here, people were pissed. 
and like rightfully so. So much misconduct happened. In Bucharest, there was a protest that had more than 2,500 people in attendance, and they demonstrated in the area where the seat of the Romanian government is, and later they set up a type of memoriam outside of the interior ministry building, and that's where they also held a moment of silence. Um, They also, like, spray-painted these buildings and vandalized them, which sometimes... You got to do what you got to do to make people hear you. Yeah. Yes. Thankfully, this actually did lead to some change. Because honestly, if this had been handled better, they may have reached Alexandra in time. Riley is going to talk about some of these changes. So a lot of these changes had to do with the dismissal and resignation of like so many officials because of the way that everything was handled handled. But first, before any of that happened, the Prime Minister, Victoria Densilla, felt pressure to act on the situation and called for a referendum for tougher sentences for murders, rapists, and pedophiles. I mean, as she should, because, like, why would anyone go easy on these absolute trash piles? But For some reason, that was, like, widely mocked, um, especially by the president at the time, because the prime prime minister didn't really have any authority to call a referendum. And I understand that, but I still don't think it should have been mocked. Like, why didn't the president just back her up? Like, why didn't they also call for this? Yeah, I don't understand that either, because I feel like generally that's what most people, like, would want in... And it's not something that extreme. Like, they just wanted harsher sentences for these people. Like, why would anyone disagree with that? I feel like maybe um, what I could see them mocking them, or at least the public mocking her, maybe because the problem in this instance, I mean, it also had to do with the police and, like, that's what really needed to be changed here. Yeah. At this instance. Like reform. Yeah. Um, so I could see it from that aspect. Well, I'll kind of I'll kind of get into that in a second. After this, though, as the story of the girls continued to dominate the headlines, the interior minister, Nikolai Moga, fired the chief of police, Ioan Buda, on July 26th. And then Buddha was named the head of the border police five days later, which is stupid, but <laughs> I digress. <laughs> like, that's so frustrating because it's like, he did something wrong. Or, well, at least he was in charge of something that was done wrong. And then they were like, hmm. They could still use you. You, you, can, you can just work in another place. I don't know. It's just frustrating when people do so wrong in a career and then they can keep working on it. Like we were talking um, about in our Patreon case about that teacher who probably just got to teach in England again, even though he did something wrong. Like, which, by the way, we have a Patreon episode up. Yeah. We never announced that on the show. It's uh, on China. It's it's a case in China, and uh, Chinese cases are really hard to do because there is a lot of censorship. But this one had a ton of information. It's super good. You should check it out uh, if you can spare some cash for us. Anyway, back to the show. And it's a full length episode. Yeah. It's full length. It's like fifty. Anyways, minutes. 
And then Moga um, dismissed local police chiefs before stepping down himself on July 30th, apparently at Densila's request, after he had only been in, in the position of interior minister for six days. So that was a quick term. Additionally, the head of the Romanian Special Telecommunications Service resigned over the case, as well as Densila fired the education minister. Which they cleared out. Seems, yeah, they really they cleared, cleared out, out. <laughs> on all ends. <laughs> on July thirty first, Densila said, "Quote." There will be no mercy, no exceptions, no compromises, and no delays. I declare a war against crime. People's anger these days is justified. But Romanians should not be afraid. Our country does not belong to criminals, rapists, pedophiles, and human traffickers. Which I get that statement. But again, this woman tends to focus in this area. And it's like, the problem was the police that's why they were angry that's why the public mm-hmm. were like they were angry all in general but this was at yeah. the fault of the police and that's it's- and that's why the president johannes replied quote the government should ask if it was not the moral author of this tragedy because it, okay it's like it it makes sense you should always there should be harsher punishments for pedophiles traffickers rapists that is so it's such an it's, it's such a no-brainer it's ridiculous but mm-hmm. the the issue with this case is not well i mean obviously it is the the rapist and murderer but she did everything right to help herself to try and save herself it mm-hmm. was the police that failed her if they had done their jobs properly she would still be alive yeah. so yeah you can say we're gonna make all these changes to make harsher punishments for you know the criminals and then like it's like that's cool but you're kind of missing the point here yeah mm-hmm. and even if, then and even proceed <laughs> and even if she hadn't like done all of the extra stuff that she did just they should have done more to get to her like no matter what because that's their job and then the the president this kind of rubbed me the wrong way he called a meeting to discuss the prime minister where he said that the modifications that she had been making resulted in grave consequences for people's safety and he said that she was only appointing people based on political criteria which i understand the political criteria part i agree they should be you know qualified for the position but saying that the modifications that she had made are, is resulting in grave consequences for people's safety. Like, obviously, people's safety was already in question because of the way that the police were handling this. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... There were, like, some internal disagreements that I didn't quite understand. I just felt like mm-hmm. something needed to done. Something needed to done. <laughs> Something needed to done. Something needed. <laughs> Something needed to be done about this, and that you should put that on a t-shirt. Something needed. Something to needed done. to done. Yeah, honestly, um, <laughs> but right next to Toyota. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. No, no, Toyota. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's that's my bad. But at the end of the day, just something really needed to be done. 
Um, and that's all that really should have mattered. And, okay, so after all that, I want to circle back to what happened to Alexandra and also Louisa. So Dinka confessed to killing both of the girls. We don't really know how he killed them. But what we do know is that he did burn their bodies. Oh. But cremation takes a very long time. And very, very high temperatures. High, yes. yeah. yeah. And Dinka really didn't have the proper tools to do something like that. Like, he just didn't. Uh, however, that's what he says he did. And his lawyer said that he spent eight hours doing this. Eight hours? Yes. And like I said, they were essentially identified by bone fragments, but mostly teeth that were found in barrels on his property. While some DNA... In barrels? Yeah, in barrels. Wait, did he put all the ashes in barrels? Um, so, like I said, this dude's area was like a junk yard. Honestly, mm-hmm. like, it was a mess. So he just had a lot of stuff. And also the fact that this was like a full wooden shack and he was able to burn all this stuff and not burn his whole house down. Yeah. It's honestly a miracle. I think he had a lot of like outdoor space. But mm-hmm. while so while some of the DNA results seemingly identified Alexandra, the result was inconclusive. And some of the teeth had dental work that didn't match hers. But they still wrote a death certificate. For Louisa? For Alexandra. For Alexandra. Okay. Um, and for Louisa, eventually, too. Um, but apparently, I saw that both families don't accept this result. Because of the shoddy work done, people think that she could possibly still be alive, as well as Louisa. So we know a lot went wrong when they took Alexandra's calls, but a lot also went wrong with the investigation, too, besides what I've already said. Apparently, the prosecutor had footage of Dinka's car and didn't release it until later on, and even then he only gave a picture. Like, he didn't provide the full clip. Why, though? Right? Who knows? And then on the 27th, when the raid happened... Another prosecutor said that the cause of death was strangulation. But they had no body. Like, they had no bodies. They had nothing to go off unless unless he said that he had strangled them. But even then, why would you take the word of a exactly. crazy person? Oh, and this was days earlier than Dinka's confession. So he wouldn't have told that to them. Oh, yep. right. Oh, so they're just making shit up now. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And also, he burned the bodies, apparently, right? But there was no smell, and it smells when you burn human flesh. Like this is this is fact. reminding me of the Hinterkaifeck yeah. case when they said that there was a really bad smell coming out of the chimney because obviously, if anything's burning, like if someone burns leaves, you're, you're like, oh, someone's definitely burning leaves. You're gonna smell it while it happens and after, like you're For like it's gonna after. stick around. And yeah. also, his neighbors had seen no smoke, none. And there's a yeah. It's not like he's not in the middle of nowhere, is he? Like no. he has neighbors. There are people around. And especially, him. especially if he's cities. like yeah, he's supposedly burning stuff for eight hours. Yeah, 
what someone's going to notice or see something. And also, Alexandra called the police. He probably knew she did that. So why would he do that on his property? It does not make sense. Yeah, why would he do that, like, days before the police are going to come? Yeah. Lastly, both families had received phone calls after the girls' disappearances. And they both did identify that Dinka was responsible for some of these calls, but not all of them. This suggests that Dinka wasn't working alone, and maybe more people were involved. A common thought that comes up in this is that Dinka confessed to hide what was really going on, and some believe that he was covering up the trafficking ring he was a part of. And, like, by some extent, it feels like the police were, too, because they were, like, right, like why stuff up, hiding that? things. Like, it's just insane to me. Um, but Riley's going to talk to us a bit about human trafficking in Romania because it is a growing concern. Human trafficking in Romania is obviously terrifying. I mean, it's terrifying everywhere, but it's also not exactly what you would expect. So in 2009, the majority of trafficking victims identified were being used in forced labor, including forced begging. And that doesn't mean that that there was no sex trafficking because Romanian women and children are often victims of forced prostitution And not only in Romania, but they're also taken to places like Italy, Spain, the Netherlands, the United Kingdom, Ireland, Greece, Germany, Cyprus, Austria, and France. So, I mean, there's a chance that if if Dinka was involved in something that they took the girls and now, you know, they could be in another part of Romania. They could be in in Germany, Greece, Italy, France, and, and in places where... If they were to see someone, if they were to be able to ask for help, they might not know the language. No one could understand them. So so they're just kind of trapped. Yeah. And I, I really can't say what I believe here because I'm honestly not sure. Um. What, what confuses me is Dinka is obviously guilty of something because there were human teeth found. Yes. On his property. Like, someone with human and teeth isn't just... the phone call, we know he harmed yeah. Alexandra in multiple ways. Yeah, but... Like... It's it's hard to say what actually happened in this case. Like, yes. there's evidence for a lot of things, but if, her, if, the, if the teeth don't 100% match hers or Louise's dental records, then it's hard to say exactly what definitely happened. Yeah. And, yeah, like, um, it's hard for me to believe that it was them. Yeah. Yeah. And from what I understand, like her parents and her family and Louisa's family really don't believe that they died. But just like the US, Romania has like tabloids. Um, so like there were some sources that I was like, some of these seem very tabloidish, but if you know more mm-hmm. about their feelings on the matter, we would love to hear that. Um but I could def- sorry. No, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I could definitely see. I I can understand the theory of this still alive, and the police could be covering up like trafficking because 
you know, if they knew where she was, like it could it it could explain why it was taking them so long to get to her because they wanted to give uh, Dinka time to sort of get rid of her, like pass her off to someone else. Um, there's no way he burned a body for eight hours in the back of his house. Like, come on, yeah. he has neighbors. No. There's no way they would have smelled it. it would have been horrible. Um, but I also could understand the theory of maybe the girls were taken somewhere else to be murdered. I mean, Dinga had plenty of time to take yeah. Alexandra to some somewhere else because it took them 19 hours to get there. Like, holy shit. Yeah. So I could also see it as they knew they fucked up and they knew the public was going to be pissed and they were just trying to close the case and like have everything, you know, wrapped up and sealed nicely. Yeah. So that way people would leave them alone and be like, okay, yeah, we, we may have screwed up the the emergency call but look how well the investigation went we got the guy and you know everything is solved so i could really see it going both ways like both things would make sense to me yeah definitely but what we do know is at the end of the day from the very beginning the police work that happened was absolute garbage they weren't whether whether it was on purpose or not yeah they were never respectful to alexandra when she made those three calls and now they aren't really being that great with the girls' families. A lot of people are frustrated that the police were so quick to investigate these as murders and not kidnappings. And I can honestly agree. I think that they should value and take into consideration all possibilities, especially in a case like this, where, like, there is not enough information for it to be open and shut like they did. Yeah, and there's... They don't have a body. All they have is a murderer or kidnapper's word, which, like, what does that count for? Yeah. And Nothing. a couple teeth. Like. That don't even definitively be matched to the yeah, girls. Yeah, it's, it's so frustrating. And I hope that the families end up with an outcome that leaves them with some sort of peace. Because what has happened so far is just not enough. And on that note, that is our case. And it was a rough one. This also slightly reminds me of the Sodder family case. I believe that was their name where their house burned down. Yeah, that's what and I was like, talking about earlier. Yeah. I couldn't remember the name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it was super old. Yeah. And their house burned down. And they were like, oh, the kids just died in the house. But like, there's no way that the fire was hot enough to like cremate their oh, bodies. Wait. Never mind. Without that wasn't knowing. The one I was talking about. Oh no! This happened in like a the forties. Yeah, ago. It was in yeah, the 40s. maybe earlier than the forties. But so to plug us real quick, um, you can find us on Instagram at True Crime Intl. You can join our Facebook group, True Crime International. Just True Crime International. If you want to like our page, it's True Crime International Podcast. But join the group. Don't worry about the page yeah, so much, it's, honestly. It's more yeah, fun the to group chat is more in the group. Um, and then also, if you want to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to make our day, that'd be really kind of you. But also, like, just let us know what you think there. You can write a little thing, little message for us. Also, we have a new Patreon subscriber, Emma. We love you, bitch. Um, <laughs> we love you so much, Emma. We love you. Cook for me. She joined our um, Patreon weeks ago, and we just have kept forgetting to so give her a shout out. And she, she'll, and she'll come home. Mom. Yeah, she's that's, my mom. that's payback for not inviting us over for the Oscars. Yeah, you forgot this year. <laughs> <laughs> we remember the day of the Oscars. She, she's been driving home. 
Like every day when she gets home, she's like, I listened to, you know, your new episode with this episode or this episode. I still haven't gotten a shout out yet. So sorry, woman. And I'm like, so sorry. We keep forgetting. And also they're very behind. Yeah. So we record like two to three weeks in advance. So that's why I explained I think that to her, but she didn't accept it as, as a good enough answer. But, um... <laughs> Sorry, it's such a late shout out, Emma, but we love you. Um, if you want to be like Emma, um everyone wants to be like Emma. Yeah, my mom is a, my mom is a wonderful human yeah. being. Um Emma's the blueprint. <laughs> you, you can get started on our Patreon. Right now we only have one level for five dollars a month. If you can if that's something you can afford, like why not try it out? You might like it. Also, you get you get a bunch of extra content on there. Who knows? Maybe and you get your first month free now. Yeah, yeah. don't forget about our giveaway. Yeah. We can give you a month of Patreon for free. That was a shit show. And we're out. We hope you enjoyed your stay here at True Crime International. Okay, bye. <laughs>